uh, how, how are we going to pour this whiskey from all it, it's it's good that we have this distance between us but it's not good that we have this distance between us I'm going to make it work right now oh, look at this guy with his long reach oh yeah that doesn't seem right you want more no 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 that seems great I just meant like I'm just I'm just talking dude don't don't pay attention I'm just pouring He's just pouring. Just remember not to breathe in the microphone too much like last time. Oh, I don't have my little poppy screen. Oh, uh, just you don't need to be you don't need to be like right up in the microphone's guts. You just dead poppies oh, aren't God, much fun. Goes. You can hear yourself popping in your headphones. Am I correct? Yeah, I kind of like it. All right, well, you can just do whatever you do over there. Yeesh. Yeah. That's kind of how my voice sounded all weekend, dude. Like, uh, it's the natural Barry White, you know, two hours the first night, four hours the second night. And somehow I'm still sitting here with you drinking whiskey. Magic. Cheers. It's magic. Cheers. Dink. It's ah. magic. Oh, that's much better than the other stuff. Yeah. Not as good as the Lagavulin. No, not many things are. Johnny Walker's like a blend. Mm-hmm. It's a blended scotch versus a single malt. Yeah. So. Hey, everybody. My name is Garrett Hartle. My name is Brian Cusco. And we are all burnt out and strung out and everything else out, balls out, from the Tinley Park NARBC 2019 October show. That's accurate. We are sitting here with a bottle of... Semi-decent scotch from CVS, courtesy of Freedom Breeder, sponsoring our drinks tonight. Thank you, Freedom Breeder. Thank you. I like it. Yeah, as far as the voice goes, man, this has been a struggle for me. You know, the the cool thing about our our Tinley Park pre-party. Please stop popping into the mic. God, love it, Hartle. (laughs) All right, hold on. (laughs) Our Tinley Park pre-party. The good thing about it was uh, that it was fun. The bad thing about it was that I was rolling up here at Thursday night and my voice was gone. I noticed that. I was like, how is this going <laughs> to, how are you going to talk to hundreds of people and your voice is gone? We haven't even started setting up the booths yet. That, that yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But it is it is pretty cool. So it's, it's I mean, obviously, Reach Out Reptiles were based in Pittsburgh. And uh, so a lot of people are flying into Chicago from around the country to go to this show. But I've got this giant Suburban Seats 9 that I've got to tow my trailer with the booth from. So everybody flies into Pittsburgh. We have a good time. We go see the sights, you know, screw around a little bit, play with some super doors. It's like the pre-pre-party, and I'd say it's the pre-party, except that Forrest already owns the... the Pre-Tinley Barbecue. The yeah. Pre-Tinley Barbecue, so which is... yours is like the pre-Forrest... <laughs> the rep... <laughs> The, the rep tech warm up. Yeah, the the this uh, slavery work for uh, indentured servitude, uh, indentured uh, workitude. Bring your good. Attitude. Oh, I didn't work. I didn't work you guys this time. You're right. You're right. You didn't. That I was, was nice to you. I was done. I was prepared. You were prepared. Yeah, I think all we all we did was pack your guys' stuff in the trailer and run. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, yeah. There was really no work to be done. Yeah, to be honest, there was, which is nice. That's what happens with Aiden in my life. Thank you, Aiden. Yes, Aiden's helped out a lot. So, yeah, it was pretty good. And you get to see two hundred of one kind of snake at my house, and then you go to Forest House and you get to see one of two hundred kind of reptiles. Yeah, dude, that's that was pretty awesome. And you know what? I was actually really excited this year 
that the uh, Reptarium crew was there at Forest because they didn't go to the show this year. So it was great because it was kind of like old times. I don't think Barczyk has attended a show in quite a number of years. It's been a few years. He, he was contemplating coming on Sunday. Obviously, he didn't, but he was he was thinking about it, So it's, which is further than not thinking about it. <laughs> I was sad because uh, he was you know, commenting. I wanted to show him like how far my booth has evolved. We were joking around about that a little bit. And yeah, he said he was going to go pick up uh, Arno Nod from, uh, you know, our buddy, mutual friend in from South Africa. Uh, and I, I was gra- I was really glad that he told me, that Barczyk told me Arno was going to be there because uh, I, I was completely unaware. And I ended up spending a good bit of time. I'm sorry to those of you who saw me at the Tinley show and uh, were trying to say hi or get a picture or whatever it was. And I was having a riveting conversation with this tall guy with a thick accent that was true of a lot of things and I, i'm grateful for that like people coming up and talking and then i can see like out of the corner of my eye somebody's kind of with waiting and then some people don't wait for the person i'm talking to to stop and they just kind of jump me from the other side like yeah. i need to figure out a little box right. like somebody will literally laugh, like mid-sentence with somebody else if somebody just like grabs my face and turns it towards them and says, whoa, whoa, sorry, I guess I'm leaving this conversation for this next one. Well, so what are you glad for? Are you glad for the people that wait or the glad for the people that just jump on and get the ball rolling? I'm just glad that people want to talk to me because I never... <laughs> <laughs> well, how many episodes in are we now? Well, we're in three. Even this though is our third. We're in episode three, even though we already recorded four. Hey, that's right. Oh, are yeah, we going to tell people that? I just did. Yeah, we. Yeah, I'm going to tell people everything. This is wide open spaces, bro. No, that's supposed to, Triple B is where you're honest. No. This is the podcast. I'm never honest on Triple B. Where we come to heartalize everything. No, this, no, no. This entertainment is, okay, for you, this only. is where you come to heartalize everything. For me, this is where I come to be completely honest and just let everything flow out without any... It's like the long Cusco Uncut audio version. That's what this is welcome to searchable as reptiles with brian coast brian cusco brian coast the coast brian cusco your honest host and garrett hartle who's full of lies mm, sounds accurate <laughs> is that oh was that the intro oh we have intro music that's right i forgot we don't play it here while we're actually doing it but we've got intro music which by the way is uh at garrett's, garrett's request for intro music was some kind of heavy metal uh on an acoustic guitar so I chose a couple of my favorite Slayer tunes and played them uh, on the acoustic guitar rather poorly. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that, and that's our intro and outro music, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have to work on that a little bit, polish it off. You should play it rather well, I think. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't play it that badly. It's just, <laughs> but it just sounds, by, it's all by itself. It's just a little, little tiny acoustic guitar all by itself. It is funny how, like, you know, it takes you a little while to figure out what song it is because you don't hear those things played acoustically very much. I guess unless you're on YouTube, hmm. which I never watch YouTube. That place sucks. No, 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 no. Don't now dare you, sir. <laughs> uh, speaking of YouTube, I, I got to meet uh, Clint Laidlaw. I, I really like Clint. Clint's Reptiles. Yeah, if you guys don't watch him on YouTube, he's funny. He's like Mr. Rogers meets Pee Wee Herman talking about which pet is better. And I, I love his thumbnails where it's like, take you versus iguana and it just reminds it takes me back to like a black and white film where they have paper fins taped on their back and they're gonna be like a dinosaur fighting scene or something but <laughs> that's not what he does he does not fight lizards on there he's, a, he's actually a phd uh, yeah he's a phd he's a college professor of biology yeah. and he's kind of like the high school professor i always wanted 
Yeah, my my high school biology teacher's name was Mrs. Ghazali. She was Indonesian, and she was like 50 years old, and she was very eccentric. And I used to tell her every day that I loved her, and she was like, Get it, Hartle, you do not love me. Stop saying that. And I'm like, I do love you, Mrs. G. And so it was really funny because I like to write I love MSG on everything. <laughs> and I was like, why do you love MSG? That's so bad for you. And I was like, no, it's Mrs. Ghazali. They're like the weird old Asian lady. And I'm like, yes. But I don't know how that, the connection there, I lost it. I don't know where the connection was. Clint- I, I don't want you to try and rehash it or remind me because I've forgotten. <laughs> I'm forgetting things at a rate, exponential to rates that I've forgotten things in previous times, which is about... Three seconds. Three seconds in, I forgot what happened. So uh, I forgot a lot this in weekend. Fact, I, I had like 16 interviews, which is a record for me on Triple B TV. 16 interviews in one Over weekend. Over Tinley Park. Over yeah, Tinley Park weekend. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Especially because the interviews are generally like, what, half hour to an hour? No. You don't think? No, I'm, I'm not saying like to set up. I'm not saying like on your episode they're half hour to an hour. I'm saying... It, it takes probably half hour to an hour. Oh, to get everything dialed in, yeah. Especially yeah. since I don't have Riley with me, so I, I'm, I have nobody watching the cameras making sure that they're actually recording the whole time. So right. It's a little bit added stress and all that. But I had an interview with Clint, which is when I really learned that I really do like that guy. You know? Yeah. You can only tell so much on, about something from a video, which is something you guys should take into account if you ever watch my videos. I'm really much cooler than I am in my videos. Uh, <laughs> no, but he was super cool. I don't honestly remember exactly what we talked about i do remember that at the moment we were talking about whatever we were talking about that it was it was really cool and really deep and much better than whatever you're doing now pulling your cell phone out rudely oh stop it i'm no what are you doing research talking to you trying to unheartalize everything so much make sure i get this right all right yeah it'd be nice if you tim be nice if you spoke facts from now on uh tinley park dude the auction was it's always awesome thanks to brian potter i mean phil phil does a great job it's nice to have somebody to balance out phil because phil's always so clean cut and and brian's just balls to the wall lets everything fly full marine bar unfiltered just calling everybody motherfuckers cussing them out and telling your mom that she's you know just like full on but like all full, full of love at the same time like you know oh well, you can only you can only hate on people you love it's right. like me and tim yeah there you go and uh they're they're always awesome. This one had a particular flair. It seems like they keep getting better and better, which just doesn't seem like it's possible. But it it, did. it really did. Well, you know what? He's actually, I I think he's like perfecting his art of slandering. <laughs> you know, it's it's like he'll almost he was picking the joke. Remember, he was making fun of the one Vanna, and he, and he's like started teasing her a little bit. And the, right at the beginning, yeah. And he's like, "How old are you, sweetheart?" And I don't know what she said. And he's like, "Oh, good, because I'm gonna make fun of you all night, and I want to make sure it's legal." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he did. You know, it's like the, the comedians that keep circling around, back around. And I don't know, man. He's so good. But I tell everybody that. Here's the thing, guys. If you're gonna go to Tinley Park, you have to go to the auction. Not just the auction. I tell everybody, you know. So everyone thinks, okay, the show is what, 9 to 5 on Saturday and 10 to 4 on Sunday. And I say, that's the least important part. The most important part, if I, if I was going to go to the show, my, my uh, priorities would be Saturday night at the auction, starting at 6, usually goes to like 9, 9.30. That's number one priority. Number two priority would be Friday. 
Friday before the show. You oh, get the yeah. VIP passes or you call your buddy who's a vendor and you, you get a vendor pass and you get to get in early every day, uh, beat the crowds because it, it is pretty crazy. But you don't you don't have to know a vendor, right? You can just get a VIP pass. You don't have to know somebody that's vending, No, correct? No, yeah. You could just go right up on Friday. Uh, I think it starts at noon and you jump in line. You grab, I think the VIP pass is 50 bucks, but it's for the whole weekend. Um, get in the auction for free. If you, I, you is, get in, is that yeah, a thing? The, I think so. And the um, the auction is usually, I, I don't know what it is now, but like five bucks or yeah, something, something otherwise. Like so, but I mean, rather than buying two regular day long passes, you get this $50 VIP pass. You get to be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, early, stay in like late. You know, you're there along with the vendors the whole time. You really get to know these industry leaders. And Tinley is is a power-packed show. You get a lot of heavy-hitting. All the YouTubers are there. You know, uh, all of the biggest breeders from around the country are there. And and you know what's really cool, too, is that it's starting to have a really uh, respectable international attendance. And there always has been, but it's been like international customers. Now we're getting international personalities. And vendors and like Canada, Canada. There's a lot of Canadians there. Yeah, I, I'm not. I barely consider Canada international, but mm. <laughs> well, it barely is when you're at Tinley. It's I had a to travel. Hour drive. I had to travel further than most Canadians to so get to the I. show. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, yeah, it's it's really cool to kind of see that. And the thing is, they're coming almost for like the American reptile culture of it. It's a, it's, a, it's become such a culture and a family thing. And it's so weird that we break off after this weekend. It's like brotherly weekend of brotherly love and, and debauchery. And then we go back to like hating each other and debauchery for the rest of the year. To be fair, I, I don't do that. And I'm not going back to any of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see how much hate. I, I don't, I don't do it either. I just mean that like, people try to like pull you into drama. And then it's like once a year, we all come together and support each other at Tinley Park. Twice a year. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the March show, we all hate each other, but you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. That's one perspective. It's definitely a valid one. But yeah. Nope, not doing it. I'm just going to free love and hippie spirit juice that I'm going to pour all over everybody's eardrums and eyeballs with my magic soft furry camera microphone. Oh, it burns. <laughs> it burns my eyeballs. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I got overexcited. It just right in my eye. <laughs> well, hippie juice can be like that sometimes. Uh, but really, uh, dude, I feel like I went balls. For some reason, I got this thing where I need to... Oh, outdo any not not party outdo. like it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, party like it's nineteen ninety nine when I was eighteen years old, and hang out until everything's done. You know, like make sure that nobody's still standing before I decide <laughs> it's finally time to lay down. I don't know why. There's definitely a little bit of an ego thing. They're like, you you think you can hang with me, mother? Yeah, come on, let's go. Come on. Well, you were you doing that back in Pittsburgh, like a few days before Tinley. And you're like, no, I'm just going to stay up all night. Everyone else is in bed. You and me are sitting on the couch. And eventually I told you, Brian, you know, I'm sleeping on this couch. So you can stay up all night long if you want. But get off of my bed. That's right. I didn't realize you were sleeping on that couch. I... Well, there's a lot of people there. There weren't many places left to sleep. So I ended up sleeping on my own couch. I'm just curious. To, I'm going to really check in with myself uh, either tomorrow or the next day and see how much sleep I do. 
<laughs> just to see if I'm actually if I can actually hang or if I'm just putting off the inevitability, which is that I truly can't hang any better than anybody else. Yeah. And everybody else is gonna go back to their normal lives and to have normal schedules and I'm just gonna like fall into some abyss for a full day. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Well I, I I need to go home. I wanna watch like Dave Kaufman's videos. I'm sure he'll do a good job covering the show and everybody's that was there and the animals and stuff like that. Um, but what was what were the highlights for you? Because oh, you and I, the people four, were asking me about animals. I didn't get out of my booth at all, and I bro, think you were the yeah, same. Yeah, I was the same. So the highlights as far as getting out and seeing the show, like I literally got to like four of the booths for about four minutes apiece. But that's not what I'm asking. So what I'm saying is we can go watch 100 videos uh, from you know great YouTubers of what the show was actually like, but what were the Brian Cusco highlights? Oh, man. That's what I want to know. The behind the scenes, the nitty gritty, the real nitty gritty. Uh, well, one of them was definitely watching Lindy get us kicked out of a club before we even got through the door. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. It was definitely a moment where I was like, wow. I've never seen. I've never been kicked out of a place I haven't entered yet. That's probably <laughs> the tamest story I've ever heard about Lindy at a club because <laughs> I have heard some stories. Lindy is an intimidating man when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah, you know that dude knows how to party. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's nineteen sixty nine. But he doesn't do it often anymore. It's it's pretty rare rare occasion when he does. No, but when you're when you're you know we'll, we'll just say you know more advanced like that more experienced you don't have to do as much to to hit that peak. You know what I'm saying? It's like. It's like me dancing around your pie, little movements, and I dodge, whereas a new person would be do expending twice as much energy. So Lindy can just kind of show up, crick his neck, give you a wink, and the party's over. <laughs> or starting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, that was pretty cool. That was one highlight. Um, there were several highlights as far as just meeting people I'd never met before, people coming up and just telling me stories about some of the videos we've put out over the past year right and how it affected them and like um and how Can how you much... give us an example? One girl in particular that came up and uh, had clearly been dealing with a lot of uh the anxiety stuff, you know, when we put out that video oh, about with anxiety. You and Hillary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where she really shared. That was a great video. Yeah. And there were a lot of people that reached out like tons of people that I didn't couldn't believe how many people actually reached out and saying they were affected by it. it made me feel like am i weird because i'm not dealing with anxiety <laughs> that really uh, i don't i don't i don't have problems with anxiety but i think we all deal with anxiety through somebody that we know it's sure. a, it's a really common problem sure so so that was that was one for sure she just came up and you could tell that she was pouring her heart out through her mouth and her eyes and just like how much just just knowing and having that real person come up to me and let me know how much the videos are having because it turned around they said basically i mean they, i hate to say they're exaggerating because they've said that it like turned around their lives and it made them really look inward and really helped them get past a spot in life where they felt like they were not going to continue being able to live wow i mean this is what was said and this is this is a kind of intense thing uh, no, yeah, to to take in a little bit, you know. I mean, to stand, and it's, but also makes me feel really good, and that things like that are happening because I do hope that it, I, when I put out those videos, that things are really affecting people like that. Like I'm not just putting them out, you know. I have a lot of fun with them. Obviously, I do a lot of funny things sometimes, but there's also moments when I really hope that there's they're helping people. There's heart, yeah, 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 and I'm hoping that that's carrying through the video, and just to see the fact that it is actually doing that for for people out there. Just uh, that's definitely a highlight for me. 
of going to the shows and, and seeing that and having that come full fruition where I'm putting out these videos hoping that they'll have that type of effect on people and then having people relay that indeed they are. That's definitely a highlight for me. Right on. Um, What's next? Next would be uh, Muddy Buddies. Chex makes Muddy Buddies that Kim is really into. Oh, I didn't realize that that was going to be such a highlight for me. I got like a, you mean eating a couple on the way there? Well, I I proceeded to get a bag every night after I <laughs> crushed everybody else into the ground and they were all, right, all tucked everybody, into their beds. Go sleeping. on Triple B, find the fan mail place, mix up a batch of special muddy buddies, and send them over to Brian Cusco. <laughs> P.O. Box ninety nine, Tascadero, California nine three four two three. Please put some special sauce in there because he will eat it. <laughs> How about, uh, I mean, that's two, three for me. How about your uh, highlights? Other than having a badass Harley at your booth and all that. I remember I walked up and saw you sitting on that thing when I first your first show was first getting started. Yeah. Because you talked about like having kids come up and sit on it and like yeah. take pictures. But then when I walked up and saw you talking to a customer, just kind of casually leaning on your Harley. It's like, damn, that's badass. <laughs> this is blue collars it gets right here. No, that that was well received. I, I'm glad. So that was that was pretty that was actually an afterthought, you know. Um, I got that Harley, and I was like, well, I live in Pittsburgh. I can't really ride this much of the time, so what should I do with it? Ah, I'll just park it at the booth. That'll be fun. So it worked out really well. I had the little Harleys. Like, I had little uh, die-cast toys right. that I put. I actually scanned the hand-painted logo and, and put vinyl stickers on there, and, and so got you know, kids got to take pictures with them, and it was pretty cool. There was a lot of kids that kept coming back to it, so... That was their highlight, though. That wasn't really. Yeah, my what's highlight. your highlight? Yeah, I, yeah. I cut the you biggest off. highlight for me was watching Ryan McVeigh propose uh, to Erica. Yeah. And again dude. at the auction. So guys, check this out. Check this out. First of all, I've already told. If you've ever talked to me about the auction, I've told you you have to be there. If you've never talked to me at the auction, you're just a casual listener. I've now told you that you have to be there. But let me bring you there for a moment. So. At the auction, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like you might be able to buy, like I bought a $900 snake and I got it for 600 bucks at the auction and it all goes to charity. So that's really cool. And we can talk about that snake was in a minute, but, um, so there's that kind of stuff. And then there's silly things that people will donate something like pink bunny slippers or I, I, uh, donated it. Well, these are actually pretty legit, but some hand painted shoes by the artist mag from Punk Your Chucks. Yeah. And I legitimately got cheated out of winning those items by the MC. Yeah, Brian Potter, you slide. Dog. You that slide it. I'm gonna let it. I've let it slide. I don't have no choice to let let it slide. But well, we don't have to do this. We can do it on the podcast now. Do what? We can cut. You know, so Brian Potter was doing the auction, and yeah. he's saying, "Okay, hundred over here, two hundred yeah, over he here." He got up to eight fifty, and he's all right, eight fifty Cusco. And then he's then he's then next thing I know, he says, "Okay, nine fifty to me." And it, and it's on. I still had my hand over. up. Still auction. Still over. had my hand up. I was still bidding. And I I told Brian, I was like, "Nah, that was probably an accident. They don't think they can see like everything very easily." But I did. I remember thinking, like, "Wow, that ended abruptly." And a lot of the other items, you know, they especially that those were some pretty sought after. Like there was a lot of people. Right, he'll try to roll shoes. it, and let other people get some bids and, in. Yeah, and let that price go up. So I thought, well, it did end kind of abruptly. And then, yeah, so uh, I was told by a little bird later on, like, oh yeah, Potter 
really wanted those. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. It, it's a, you know what? I want to make that a tradition. I think that's a really cool thing. Um, you know, if people want to check them out, they can look up Punk Your Chucks or whatever. It, it's pretty legit. But I, w- I would like to donate them at least to every auction that I go to. If I was going to lose to anybody on those, um, he's the one person I don't feel he's bad gonna about. He's going to look pretty yeah. good rocking some yeah, of those, too. for sure. So... But and and I think he was pretty happy with the way the night went. It was really good. But anyways, back to my highlight. Uh, so one of the kind of silly things there was this box. It's about thirty eight inches by twelve inches by twelve inches, plain brown box, and it says, "Do not open mystery item." And people start bidding on this thing. And I know that people get into this stuff. I mean, it's it's really fun to, you know, for those of us, a lot of us have businesses. It's a great tax write-off. It's a really good time. Um, but people like to kind of throw down and flex their muscles. I know, well, like... People throw down some serious cash, dude. On silly things. I yeah. mean, there's been pink bunny slippers that go for $5,000 and stuff like that. But this brown mystery box is jumping by thousands rapidly. 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. 9,000. It's 10, just... Yeah. It's it was just... going crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what if it's an empty... You know what I was thinking is, what if it's an empty box? What if someone literally is like, ha ha, sucker. <laughs> You spent fifteen thousand dollars. Thank you, but anyways, no, it it, it went to fifteen thousand, and Ryan McVeigh really wanted to win this box. Yes, he did. And people started bidding these, like throwing down these big numbers, and he's like, "You motherfucker, <laughs> stop bidding against me!" And I was like, "I don't know why Ryan really wants this this box." And he's always generous at these auctions. Yeah. But yeah, he he pretty he like. Very seriously wanted this box. Well, anyways, he wins and uh, at fifteen thousand, by the way, fifteen thousand dollars for a mystery box. You don't know what's inside it. And then, uh, so Potter and and uh, they're like, okay, let's open it. Let's see what it is. You know, it's a huge item. Everyone's clapping. That's amazing. Fifteen G's. And they're like, Erica, why don't you bring this up? Your your boy won it. You know, so his girlfriend Erica Mead is there. And by the way, awesome friends of the family. You know, those guys are just the best people ever. And uh, Erica goes up and she starts opening it and she pulls out this stuffed armadillo. And she's like, oh, huh, that's funny. Armadillo is like my favorite animal. That's cool. And all of a sudden, everybody's pulling out their cameras. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, the, I, I just didn't understand. It was way over my head. Well, the I empty box, he pulled out that big sign. It's well, like, that's what I say. They pulled out a rolled sign, and they're but that's why as they're pulling out this rolled sign, it's like the whole place is standing up with video cameras. True. Yes. And I'm like, uh, apparently everyone knew something that I didn't. Oh, you didn't. You, okay. And so How I, okay. I, I don't know. I thought I was their friend, but apparently they yeah, hate me. Well, the one person they didn't tell. Oh my gosh! I know. I know. Well, they probably did tell me, and I forgot. <laughs> that sounds more realistic. Oh, but anyways, yeah. So they they roll they unroll this poster and. I'm telling you, man, I was so slow. I'm like, it has Ryan's kids on it. How did they get a picture of Ryan? Like, why did they? And isn't it funny that he won something with a picture of his own kids? And then when they unrolled it, the bottom of the poster, it says, Erica, turn around. And she turns around and he gets down on one knee and everybody cries. And I ran over to hug them and spe- spilled my beer on this old lady. And I was very sad about that. <laughs> I spilled my I spilled Jason Hood's beer on. Sorry, that was, yes, that was beautiful. I spilled I spilled uh, Jason Hood's beer on himself, but <laughs> vigorously going up and shaking his hand. And then, I, uh, to make matters worse, I quickly ran to the uh, bar to grab napkins and came back and continued and proceeded to uh, dab and 
wipe off his crotch all and the whole room of his friends is sitting there watching it. There you go. Yeah. That good. sounds like a highlight. Yeah, it wasn't that, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But that yes, that was an awesome moment. And to to protect protect your uh, potential lack of memory or, or slowness. <laughs> slowness like Ryan told me that was going to happen. He said, make sure somebody has cameras, please. And there were plenty of cameras, but I didn't have one. Um, I He told me that was happening. And when that was happening, I, as the sign was unrolled, I was also wondering, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on here? Why is that? Why are Ryan's kids on that, that poster? And he just bit on it. Yeah. It, so yep. no matter how slow you think you are, I knew that was going to happen. And still, I was confused. So much worse. <laughs> Oh, the hypocrisy that's going to come in this podcast. For those of you listening, as Brian gives me crap about my memory, which I'm sure he will, just remember, hypocrisy. <laughs> hypocrisy. <laughs> what does that even let's mean? Play, let's play a Cusco hypocrisy drinking game. Will you guys play with us? Every time Cusco's a hypocrite on this episode, just take a shot. Let's all get drunk together. Good. I've spewed nothing but love out of this. I can't believe the hate which you're trying to create for me. I'm making a drinking game out of it, no less. Like, all I have is love for you every day, all day of the week. I love you. Fuck you, buddy. You, you oily little hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that was a highlight. Uh, honestly, one of the highlights was for me driving there, just how hard you were laughing at my joke you wanted me to retell. Oh, that joke was so good. That was the best the best joke, the best racist joke I've I'm, ever heard. In my I'm life. gonna, I'm gonna expand it. it. First of all, it was not racist. It was, it was all his talking. It was absolutely week. an unracist joke. <laughs> well, it was all the it was making like, fun I don't of what you were talking people. about, just saying stuff. And I just remember thinking, you know, to be fair, I'm in some kind of state of mind. Who knows what it was? But I was just like, I look over and I'm like, dude, you're kind of racist, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most ridiculous thing anyway. But I decided to like run with it. I, I don't even remember what I said. I was like... Oh, you don't still... I've wanted... Oh, God. I, I need to know what you said. Yeah, but you want exact words. But basically, he said I was racist. And I was like, what? I am not racist. Oh, what? Did I, how did I say it? I said, I'm not racist at all. I was like, I love all black people. No, it was... But the, the lead up to it was better than that. Like, way better. Yeah, Something along the lines. Like, I would never... Uh, like oh, I would group. never judge everybody together. You know, I would never judge everybody together and make you know snap judgment decisions about entire groups of people based on race. I love all black people. <laughs> <laughs> you already ruined it the first time. It was much funnier if you were there in the moment. It was. It was just part of why it was my highlight. Was he laughed really hard, and it really wasn't that funny. But, yeah, it was the best laugh I had. But there was a lot of funny jokes. Uh, Kimberly's joke that uh. so so they were filming Brian Barcheck, and uh, this is building into a thing now that Barcheck is apparently like famously bad at riddles and jokes. Yeah, well, I, have, I had a thing with him when I first Brian started the vlog with the Brian and Brian show, and I asked him a joke. And he, uh, the, the first couple of jokes I had, he didn't actually know the answers to them, and he was trying to figure it out. And then when he gets put on the spot, he's equally, even worse. And then he started playing into it more, like, no matter what, how easy I tried to make it for him, he still couldn't figure it out, you know? <laughs> yeah, which is great. It was very entertaining. And so if you go back to, I, I think it's on both of your guys' vlogs, but during the time that you guys were in Indonesia um, doing the Brian Bryan show. So he's like, oh, we got to do the Brian and Bryan show. And Kimberly's like, well, I, I have a a riddle joke whatever and uh yeah i don't know you want to tell it yeah well she told him the car and that was another really good laugh she is like uh okay what did cinderella say when she got to the ball <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna wait a little longer to drop the uh punchline i wanted it i wanted it i took it 
Garrett took it all the way to the ball. Oh, yeah. So anyways, so yeah, we had a, a good laugh about her inappropriate joke. And then, um, but they, yeah, they're filming Barcheck on there. They ask him as though it's just any normal riddle. And she, he's like, oh, let's see. What do I know about Cinderella? Okay, she's... She rides in a pumpkin. Uh, he's trying to figure it out and everything. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. What, what's the answer? And she just goes, <laughs> And he just, his face just dropped. And he turned away, <laughs> walked off camera. Yeah, it was pretty good. So that was a highlight. And then. Uh, that wasn't Tinley, but. No, that wasn't Tinley. And then we were having breakfast with some friends of mine, Tom and Drew. And I'm just, yeah, I'm probably not going to repeat these jokes, but there was a lot of good inappropriate jokes going on at Tinley, so mm. those were pretty funny. You can let these jokes roll, Hartle. This is the space where we can let anything roll. Well, let's just say that we're having breakfast with these guys, and we had to refer to the Urban Dictionary to even understand what they were saying. It was very educating. It was very educating. And then she, oh, she asked me how my head was because of something that happened the previous night. Um, so that was this morning, actually. That was Sunday morning, you know, the, the day after the, the auction, which was always, it's always pretty rowdy anyways. But she says, yeah, how's your head? And she's talking to me, and Tom jumps in, and he's like, oh, never had anyone complain. And he, <laughs> he like, he was so fast, he rolled off with it, like, as she's formulating her question mark on the end of her sentence. And uh, so, yeah, she thought it was pretty funny. But... Mm. Uh, another highlight for you, Eugene Bissett recommended at some point during the show that I should maybe try to interview more of the women in the hobby and not necessarily just the women in the hobby. Like, I, I, Thank you, Eugene. Yeah, yeah, I like, I do, I want to do more of that, but one of his points was not just necessarily women who are in the hobby or industry like as breeders or professionals, but like even the women who are supporting people who are professionals the men you know the women. which are actually a huge part of the whole reptile industry culture is right the girls that are, well like kimberly would be an example she's not a breeder or anything but all the breeders know her she's a huge support to me at the shows you know our wives you know um everybody yeah so i took it back to basics when i um brian potter's mom was hanging out over by the freedom breeder booth <laughs> and i was like I saw her stand there. She's talking about, you know, I saw the last name on the name tag, and then she's talking to uh, whoever's standing next to me. He said, oh, yeah, Brian, my son puts on the show, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I've, I kind of guessed that by your last name on your name tag. But um, is, is she pretty, like, she's pretty thin? Uh, not super thin, no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Uh, but I, I was so just I, wondering if that was who I spilled my beer on. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I asked her, and I was like, would you be, would you be down to sit down and talk with me about, uh, you know, the show and your experience with it and Brian and all that c coming into it? And she's like, sure, sure, why not? So I interviewed uh, Brian Potter's mom and got lots of nice uh, early stories about Brian. Ooh, looking forward to that one. <laughs> yeah, and, and she was, it was really good, actually. So that I was thinking of Eugene as I decided to make to do that. I was like, you know, Eugene, yeah, I like that idea. I'm, in fact, we'll interview the, the dude who, you know, along with Bob, of course, Ashley, who puts on, helps put on the show. Yeah. Um, interview the man who puts on this amazing show, his mother, and, you know, see where this comes from. Because there would be no Brian Potter without his mother. Okay, that makes sense. Of course it makes sense. Biologically. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most simple concepts we know about biologically. Well, that's funny. Traditional oh. birth. None of this parthenogenesis stuff that attracts people to uh, talk to you and make you think you're smart and stuff like that. And Well, that was how I met Clint. I know. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I have a... I have a snake there that was produced through parthenogenesis. And I did do a video on kind of how that works. 
The funny thing was this one was produced after the video. But basically, I'm I'm pulling out a little sheet of paper and drawing down, kind of trying to break down, like, okay, here's meiosis, you know? And we all know the Punnett square, big A, little a, and... But, you know, and then I'm saying, but then there's this concept of haploid clones. It's not a direct clone. So if you have an animal, let's say that's a het albino, and you were to, you know, clone it completely, like Dolly the sheep or something, all the babies would be het albinos and they'd be whatever sex that animal was. But with haploid clones, you have the act of meiosis, they split and then they mirror themselves. And so you, anyways, blah, blah, blah. Visual albinos. Yeah, yeah. So you would get actually albinos and normals, and the normals would not be head albinos. Right. So I'm trying to explain all this. And he's walking by, just like walking through the aisle or whatever. And I had introduced myself to him the night before, which was at the auction. Um, and then th this conversation was happening earlier today on Sunday and he walks around and the guy was like Gumby or something. He's, he walked past and I said, haploid clone. And he's like, <laughs> turns right around and he comes up and I have like, uh, bars. It's like a sports bar at my thing. So there's, you know, places for people to sit. Yeah. There's bar stools and there's like a little bar and everything. So he comes up and he like puts his elbows on the table and his, his hands cradled in his, you know, his head's cradled in his hands. And he goes, what are we talking about? <laughs> and I said, oh, parthenogenesis. And he's like, I want to learn more. <laughs> By the way, for those of you uh, who are fairly new to either the hobby or just those ideas like that. Uh, parthenogenesis is when a female will reproduce herself without having a male involved. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, Jesus being born. Yeah, virgin birth, basically. Yeah, and so we, we diverged from there into kind of the, the island effect that, you know, he was saying typically you see reptiles become big, mammals become small, but reticulated pythons are a unique case because they're the largest species of snake in the world, or longest at least, and uh, apex predator and everything like that. But on these small islands, they become pygmies. And you get this pygmy race that's quite small. I mean, like ball python size little guys. And so he was kind of fascinated by it. And I said, honestly, I would love to see you do an episode on them because there's very little information out there and you have a, a great platform. I mean, the, the guy has a pretty big channel um, but, and a great reputation. He really does a lot of cool stuff. He comes so, with everything very level-headed and also well-educated and Yeah, but in an entertaining way. In a very entertaining way. So what he's way. doing is like his – I if you haven't watched his channel, I highly recommend you start at the videos, uh, not the Iguana versus Tegu or whatever, but which are fun, but the videos that he has that break down uh, reptile genetics – because what he's doing is he's taking very complex things that a lot of professional breeders struggle to grasp or get incorrect all the time, and he's breaking them down in a really fun, visual, entertaining way that people can understand. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it was pretty cool. So anyways, I, I recommended he do the thing, and I said, I'll, I'll provide you with any information you need from me if that will help you make this happen. And he says, you know, I've never done a collaboration on YouTube, but I would like this one to be my first. And so he invited me to come on the show and and talk about pygmy retakes, superdorf retakes. So pretty pretty cool. Yeah, oh, we'll see if he comes through with that. I give him a card and everything. But he seems like the type of dude that'll come through on stuff that he says he's gonna do. That's how he that's how he struck me at least upon first meeting. Yeah. He he seems like the kind of guy that if he knew that somebody put out on the air on a podcast that said that he did that, that he would have to do it. 
Maybe. And then, <laughs> until he realized that the guy was uh, racist and told all kinds of nasty jokes. I mean, he is from uh, yeah. Utah, after all. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> that's true. That's true. He's pretty straight. Straight laced. <laughs> I usually am, too. But, I mean, come on. It's Tim Lee. <laughs> and this is our podcast. I'm a bad so. influence on you, dude. I'm sorry. You are. I know. That's all right. I'm just trying to help you find your inner self. I will tell you, I'm I'm very happy that I did not contract some kind of deadly disease this time. Yeah, that was a first, right? I broke tradition. Yeah, broke tradition. I don't know about first ever, but first in a while. First in a while, a healthy hurdle. Yeah, a couple times ago, I had the cancer thing dug yeah, out right before the n- show. The pneumonia. I, I came with staples and everything at, at the show, and then yeah, the time after that, uh, pneumonia was I was literally dying, dying at the show. Dying it was quite impressive, and then. Yeah, I actually had somebody called in a prescription. Um, we won't discuss the guilty parties, but I got some prescription drugs that I needed that pretty much saved me. And then I just sat there tired the whole weekend while my buddy G.I. Joe ran the show. I mean, he set the booth up. He ran the show. I told him he's MVP. So we're even though I helped him move across country with all his reptiles. So, so speaking know. of uh, speaking nicely about people and giving people praise and how great they are, uh, Who's the person that's coming under uh, the the fire of the hurdle? Uh, <laughs> the hurdle. Who, who are you gonna really rake through the coals this time? Oh, who was I raking under the coals last time? Oh, Forrest. Forrest on the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because I love Forrest. Well, I don't know. Who do you think I should? Oh no! If you're not feeling it, just don't do it. And I just I thought for some reason you had somebody I, that you were gonna rake through no, coals. No, I, I I'm feeling it. I just don't have anyone in mind. Hmm. I mean, I could do this for everybody. We, yeah. all, we all have pros and cons. I can rattle off the cons of a few people, and then people can say, Garrett, hypocrite, and take a shot. Oh, I thought we were just playing Cusco hypocrite. Well, I've expanded our boundaries. You need to be more open-minded. I'm working on it, dude. Working yeah. on it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I had a great weekend. Nobody nobody made me laugh with their silliness this weekend. So It's because you were too focused on business over there. Oh, I was focused on... So I had some some special marketing techniques that I employed. No. You? Mm-mm. Yes. Impossible. I did. It was new. It was original. It was interesting. Lindy Johnson wanted to take one home. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, that was hilarious, <laughs> dude. I just, I just thought... You know was, what I'm talking about? Of course I know what you're talking about. I, I just was imagining it being a tramp stamped on there and Metcalf's uh, lower... No, uh, no, no, no. That's, oh no, that's the that was the fist. That was the fist. Yeah, the fist of yeah. So I have a, a drawing. A lot of people have probably seen it on Facebook, like a fist with a with a super dwarf. And Aaron More Metcalf shit. loves it. <laughs> Give me a break. Aaron Metcalf uh, from Metcalf Reptiles loved it. He got like a henna tattoo, and he's like, "So I know that this is like your design and your artwork, but how would you feel about having this tattooed on my body?" And I said, "As long as I can pick the spot." And he's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "I think that'd make a great tramp stamp, and uh, tramp stamp." And Aaron Metcalf, being Aaron Metcalf, said, "What's a tramp stamp?" <laughs> and so I said, "It's the tattoo on your lower back that pretty much leads down to your butt crack." And I think if you made it look like my fist was coming up out of your butt crack holding a snake <laughs> that I would allow this to be done <laughs> and yeah I think he turned red and he's like oh no no I can't do that it was just an idea <laughs> I don't have to <laughs> no but you're talking about the things you put in in the bathroom my bathroom humor Your bathroom marketing humor marketing yeah did you get to see any like just... in no in I didn't I said, no I was that's the, that was my bummer I went I went to piss often 
Um, and never once saw one of your stickers oh, up in the bathroom. Man, well, they were in high demand as soon as people realized what was going on. Yeah. But yeah, basically, I printed off. I printed off almost thirty of those things, and they were like little laminated placards. And I took a like a caution warning sign. You guys can imagine it had a little triangle like emergency looking sign on one side. It said caution on it. And, and the funny thing was, I wanted people like you know, to know where it came from because obviously it's marketing. At the same time, I'm doing something that's not technically like allowed or encouraged. No, it, th This is one of those things where there's no rules against it, but next year there will be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's pushing. That's pushing the envelope right there. That's what that's that is. me. I like when they make rules about things that I've done. <laughs> I slipped in under the wire and no one screwed it for everyone else. But yeah, so they were like these little warning signs, and I uh, am a good enough artist to screw around. So I have some illustrations and stuff that I'm working on. It's like it was 50 styles advertising. You know, like when I was in high school, I think the reason I picked this, I always remember like the smiling policeman that they like they steal him from, uh, you know, from some old ad, and then they put their own memes around it, and he's like, hi, I'm a cop, so I can kick your ass or whatever. And it was always next to that skateboarding is not a crime sticker or whatever. You know the one I'm talking about? Did you ever see that? Yeah, I skateboarded a lot and got busted for it. So Before I, memes were memes, we had stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. That skateboarding is not a crime sticker hits home because I've been arrested for skateboarding. Yeah. <sighs> Those bastards. So that's pretty funny. No, it's not. But, yeah, so I, I had a placard. It said, uh, it said caution, um, heavy lifting, or snake to... Hold on, Talk for a second. No. What are you doing? You going back oh, to your I got phone? It. I can't. I don't even can't remember my own phone joke. doing your podcast. You have to look up your own joke. Yeah, it's okay. I have it. it. I have it right here. It says, it says caution, big snake question mark, and then it says heavy lifting can cause serious back injuries. If you think your snake might be too large, please ask Garrett if he will show you his super dwarf. Please keep our hobby a back pain free place. Thank you. And it's got a picture of me with you, a hilarious yeah, face. Yeah, with lifting up the heavy snake with like my a, back. With like your back, with my really back. bad. It looks like you're taking little, it up the ass. Like little lightning bolts <laughs> coming out. Well, I'm sure that someone is going to take this and Photoshop it into something it was not intended to be, but <laughs> it's pretty much already there. So it's funny because it has my company logo on it. It has a drawing of my face on it, and it says Garrett in the ad. And so even one of the security guards, I was by one of the doors in the corner because I'm like, like if you walk in the show, I'm all the way over to the left, right in the front, and there's a lot of people, traffic going through that door. And I got this big dude, security guy. He comes over, and he's like, is this you? <laughs> he shows me this sign. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I thought so. He goes, but I won't tell. <laughs> <laughs> those, those security guards got some good morals. Man. No, I love those guys. I love those guys. I, I'm pretty sure I hooked them up with some swag or something for that. And he's like, that's why I got your back. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was cool. So what I did was I actually had Tim Walton go around on his little one wheel that he was oh on. tim brought the one wheel that was the best freaking thing that's ever, it man. and he plastered these things right above the urinals and all the bathrooms so that people would be taking a leak and they're staring at this thing a picture of me holding a snake that looks very much like you know grabbing a giant wang or something like that as you're taking a leak and and yeah that's the joke so that's one thing i feel might be the outlawed next show is the riding of the one wheel through the show. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Huh? There was a lot of that. I rode it all over the place. And all the security guards were kind of looking at me like, am I supposed to stop you right now? I'm not sure. 
That's what that's what they were doing when I took that motorcycle in too. They're like, uh, he just drove a motorcycle into the convention center. <laughs> and everyone's like, Oh, that's so cool that they let you do that. And I was like, Well, I didn't ask and I just pretended like I was supposed to be here. That's the best way to do anything. That's ever. what I always do. Yeah, that's, that's how I used to ca catch Canadian geese at Magic Mountain. I once got a group of kids into a Slayer concert. They didn't have tickets using that same method, yeah. Pretend like you're security or something? I just said they were coming in, and I, I, I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of times that does, that's just because people aren't wired for conflict. So if you throw it in their face, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Actually, this is one of my my favorite ho hobbies or pastimes is to say something very socially awkward at like one of those moments where it's like really, you know, everyone gets quiet and just sit there with a straight face as long as I can and w watch everyone squirm like, oh, my gosh, how do I do this? That guy, Tom, that I was saying we went to breakfast with. So so him and his boyfriend, Drew, they actually had their fourth anniversary at this show. And so that was one of the things that they were celebrating. And I knew this because they're customers of mine. They bought it. They'd mentioned all that kind of stuff and everything. And uh, and I won a scaleless corn snake at the show. And I, I said, hey, can you hold this for me? And I, I think I had to go to the bathroom or something. I came right back. And he's like, hey, I have to admit it. I took your snake out and pet it because I've never touched a scaleless corn snake before. And I said, yeah. I said, how's it feel? I said, everyone, uh, everyone says it kind of feels like a penis. And he's like, well, I have a lot of experience with penises, but uh, I don't think that feels like a penis. And I, I wanted so badly just to stare at him and be like, you're gay? Like, as <laughs> though I, so I was shocked and just see what he did. And then I was like, in my head, I was like, no, Garrett, just, just be nice. And I told him about it the next morning. I feel at like it like, doesn't matter have. if you're gay or straight. If you're a man, you should have a lot of experience with penis. I know. <laughs> right? No, you're no? gross. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I'm, I, I'm a man. I have a penis. I you, touch it every day. What? Yeah. You. Sorry. I just unzip, look away, cover my eyes. <laughs> yeah, remind me to keep paper towels on the floor next time you're in my That's house. That's not for me. That's not for me. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> I don't know what's happening now. Grandma told me I'm not allowed to. <laughs> uh, shake it more than three times. <laughs> yeah, but you do that with your hips, not your fingers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're a strange guy. <laughs> Come on, guys. Who's more strange? Mm, I, I, mm, that's a good question. Which of us is more strange? That's a pretty legitimate question right there. That is a pretty good question. We're each strange. You, you know, so you know what's funny? Okay, I've been in the reptile industry for a while, and the reptile industry has evolved. But back in the day, most of the people in the reptile industry were like alternative culture people. Tattoos, body mods. Dyed hair. Shape. Yeah, crazy looking people. Spiky. And then they're into their spiders and snakes. Exactly. And I was not that. And everyone used to come to me and be like, it's weird that you're so normal. And I was like, yeah, you just don't know me very well yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. How do you judge that? Which one of us is more strange? How would you even figure that out? I don't know. Because most of the people I've ever, ever talked to where they had a kind of striking outward appearance. You know, like very like I don't know if it's goth or like punk. Yeah, there's yeah. like just very different looking. Not your average looking person that you know, not not how you would think of somebody walking to a job interview per se. Sure, you know, just like that tend to be when you talk to them, very normal people. Yes, you know, not out there strange, just normal regular topics of conversation. But do you know? Do you know why I think a lot of people do that? Um, and it's, at least this is why I've been tempted to do that before. So you get, you get sick of judgmental people. So you do everything 
to yourself outwardly that would make judgmental people be like, ew, and walk away, and then you never have to see them. So all the people you would meet if you walk around looking like a circus freak all the time are the ones who are like, hmm, I wonder what that person's like on the inside. True. Good point. Good point. Great That's point. why I would want to do it. Yeah. I remember I met a, a really nice So girl. me, on the other hand, I look normal on the outside, but nah. <laughs> if anyone gets to know me on the inside, <laughs> obviously you do because you just ask. That is questions. actually the entire point of this entire podcast series. We're going to dive deep into the onion of Garrett Hartle and figure out what's really going on in there. <laughs> it makes me cry. <laughs> the, the goal is now to get Garrett to cry outwardly and openly. Good on this podcast, that. I know that we're gonna. This podcast is gonna go on forever. You will never. This will never happen. My wife has seen me cry two times. Yeah, so we've been married ten years. Hence, a, a tough cookie to crack. My oldest daughter is eight. I just cried in front of her like a week ago. So I've got like another ten, twelve years in me before that has to happen again. Well, all right. Well, we. I think we can keep this going for another ten or twelve years. I should have been a Brian. I should have learned to vlog and cry. We never did that. Your dream didn't come true. No, I didn't. Yeah, I had a dream before Tinley. He said that he was going to... Am I allowed to say I'm, what you're going to say? Dude, can you please stop asking me if you have permission to say Well, it? I don't know about your timing. Like, I don't want to ruin your vlog. But in oh. his vlog, an ongoing thing has been, what does Triple B stand for? Am I allowed to talk about this? You can talk about whatever you oh, want. Okay. So he said that he's going to do a vlog... With Brian, Brian, and Brian, that is Barcheck, Brian Gundy, and Brian Cusco, and say that those two guys, basically, correct me if I'm wrong, those two guys inspired you and made you who you are today. And I mean, inspired me to in the reptile create industry, a YouTube channel. In yeah. the reptile, like, well, that's what I mean, who yeah. you are in the reptile industry today, and uh, thus Triple B TV. So anyway, yeah, I had a dream the night before. He told me he was going to do this. And so the night before we left and head up to Forest to meet everybody, I had a dream that I was holding his camera for him like he always makes me do. And the three of them were together. And then I turned the camera around on myself and came out with this little riff like I should have been a cowboy, but it was I should have been a Brian. Instead of I should have learned to rope and ride, I should have learned to vlog and cry. And I remember in my dream being like, oh, that's not that funny, but it's pretty witty for a dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to actually maybe possibly do it at some point, but no, it didn't. Have, I would have had to hand you my camera and be like, hey, you're going to come film this or I guess. But nah, it probably wasn't worth it. Yeah, probably it not. It's more funny in the dream than in reality. It was really just funny that I was coming up with silly imitation songs in, in your dream. dream. Yeah, it was just weird. You really wanted to learn how Speaking to be. Speaking of a, this, I'm going to hold my penis snake. Brian vlog and cry. My penis snake. The the point is like is that uh, you, we're going to end this podcast the moment you start crying. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we'll know it's over. Yeah, that's how we'll know it's over. What if there's a huge outcry for after me crying to bring the podcast back? Well, then the that's cry. when we can start charging for it. <laughs> I think we already do. We have our first like location sponsors. Really? So, yes, we're shameless whores, and we ask for free alcohol so that we can do this podcast. We have our, like, Freedom Breeder. Thank you, Freedom Breeder, with our Johnny Walker Red Label tonight, which is much better than that crap that Jason Bigler gave us, which yeah, was last which is week, but next, next episode. episode. <laughs> yeah, you'll see. That was who we were ripping on the most the last time. Forget Tim. But anyway, um, yeah, so we, we, we shamelessly have our drink, but we have our first location sponsor. Actually, we may have a couple. Is this official? Uh, I mean, it's as good as official. Okay. Yeah. 
So, it, I mean, we, you know, we can shout them out. You know what I'm talking about. The, the Farleys. Yeah, the Farleys. Yeah. yeah. Awesome people. Right. Not so. just because they want to be location sponsors. They came out to the Carpet Fest and proved to be awesome just by being there and just being awesome. Right. Purely. Yeah. Which is great. So, yeah, we basically said, hey, pay for, Brian and I want to vlog together. Pay Dude, for, pay speak, for us to be together. Of Brian's inspiring Brian's to do Brian type stuff. Brian, Brian Farley. Farley has two sons that are amazing named, wife Kathy. With, yes. Wait, he has two sons named Brian? No, he has two sons named. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know this. Eli and Noah. I thought it was like a George Foreman kind of thing. Oh, my God. Never mind. It's, it's not amazing anymore. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. That's no, you it. can talk. I'm being memorized that's, by the wrinkling of that's the all skin it is. of the I just thought it was really interesting that another person named Brian came and found uh, my channel, just like I found a, another Brian's channel one day who happened to have a son named the same as my son. This keeps passing along, so he needs to now start a YouTube channel. Right. To inspire the next generations of, of Brian's. Brian's with Noah's and <laughs> Eli's. <laughs> I should have been a Brian. <laughs> What's well, just how does that how does that happen? What 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 is it? I mean, what is it? What is the universe telling us through that? What is it? What is what is what? Please, Hartle. Why does the universe always sound like this person that has difficulties communicating? <laughs> I really don't think that's how the universe works. Well, have you figured it out then? Is it successfully communicated to you to where it's a clear and dis distinctive message that we're gonna, you're now going to share with the rest of us? Yes. Are you ready? I'm waiting. I will tell you. You okay. want to know? Okay. I, I just don't believe that you actually had a successful communication yeah. to the universe that you can actually tell us exactly what's going on. Exactly. Okay, you talk to the universe. Here's me saying, universe, tell me the secret of life. And the universe says, one word. And I say, what is it, universe? And the universe says, nanya. <laughs> and that's how it works I like that a lot <laughs> I'm going to accept that as truth Do you like how I always can come up with like The meaning of life and all these difficult things Right here on the spot Holding this penis snake of a corn snake Do you want to hold this penis snake? Uh, <laughs> have you held one before? I think you, you have one, don't you? I don't know. I, I don't actually. Oh, I thought. So, you know, I saw my first scaleless corn snake in Germany. How cool is that? I don't like, know. At the I ham guess, show. This was a lot of years makes ago. Makes you cooler than me. That's all that matters. We didn't really have them back then. And, guys, I have no snakes that are not dwarf or super dwarf or, you know, at least a mainland retic of some morph that I intend to breed to a dwarf or a super dwarf. Another lie. No, that's not a lie. I've not, I've you, nothing you were just to... literally holding a snake that's not a super dwarf for retail, well, and it's yours. I'm starting at the beginning of the story, guy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I won this, and it was not inexpensive. I mean, this package says it retail was nine hundred, but I got it for six hundred bucks. But that's an expensive corn snake. It's a real looker. It is nice. It's uh, it's the wild type color, which I always like that the best on the. On the scale is maybe a, an anorithristic, but I want something with contrast. So, yes, yeah, uh, red and orange with the black uh, stripes. What is that called? Tessera or something? Let me see. What is it? This I'm going to read you the label because I don't know anything. Scaleless Tessera Okiti Pos Abbots. So, yeah, it's basically those those beautiful Okiti colors. It's got the brilliant white belly, <clears throat> the dark, you know, red and black, but the Tessera makes it striped head to tail, which is just kind of cool. I like it. So now all I need is like an OKT head scale as female to have the 
old school classic one. I hate to uh, bring this up right now. But it has I'm, a little scab on him. Well, no, no, that's yeah, that's there. But there's a some, somebody doing research right now in Southern California to kind of trying to determine um, if there are inherent issues with scalelessness in reptiles. Um, well, I think it depends on the reptile. Sure. You know what's or, interesting? Or snakes. Or, scalelessness is one of the most commonly found morphs in the wild in adult animals. What do you think causes that? What is the thing? What is the thing that would cause that to happen? Scalelessness. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, there's there's a lot of similar. Like, think about a poodle that doesn't shed but has hair that grows. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. It, I think that there's a lot. Or how about um, my boy Shazier from the Steelers? You know, what do you call it? Alaquisha? Alameda? No, that's a street in California. No, that's a county in California. That's the county in California in which I was born. Oh, there you go. Yeah, alopecia or whatever, where they don't grow any hair. So he's bald. He has no eyelashes, no eyebrows. And it's just something about the formation of the keratin in your skin. And so, no, I, um, I think it's completely racist to group all scaleless reptiles into one place. So, you know, I, I think that the ball pythons, you know, when I saw them, it's funny, I, I like the idea of scaleless corns when I first saw them, but I didn't like that they still had belly scales. And some of them have like random speckling of scales. Now that one is particularly clean. Yeah, it's very clean. I I haven't looked at them too close, but you're holding them there. He doesn't really have any scales on the top, right? Just the well, there's that scales. one like I guess a scab. I don't know if that's a scab or if no. It's like that a looks like a little patch mouse or... bite or something mm. that you know. But anyway, yeah. It, basically, it doesn't. Sometimes they have like a little speckling of scales, which a lot of people like. But I like it clean and scaleless. And the corn snakes always have belly scales. You like your snake to be smooth when you're stroking it on any little weird bumps. Exactly. Yes, it's probably because I shake with the hips. I need that interaction. But anyway, um, (laughs) stop trying to hold it in over there. You're making me laugh. Anyway, uh, when the first ball pythons came out, they were totally scaleless. But I think that that caused more issues because the belly scales themselves, you know, very abrasive environment there. And it also aids in locomotion with reptiles. So when they don't have the belly scales, that's actually affecting something. But the scalelessness on top, if you think about it, you know, I mean, I suppose they would be more sensitive like to to tear or whatever. But I mean, shoot, man, my skin's more sensitive than other humans. I get all kinds of skin issues with all these recessive genes. So I don't think it necessarily impacts their quality of life at all. And they've found in venomous snakes, they've found it in, I know, water snakes, garter snakes, things like that. They've found adults, you know, and they they've have uh, scaleless, you know, like divided populations and things. So really out of the different morphs, you know, like an albino, for example, just removes your camouflage. Right. That's a pretty big deal. Sure. But if you're smooth instead of bumpy... I mean, depending on the kind of reptile, maybe if you're the type that wedges in a rock and inflates yourself like a chuckwalla, that might suck if you were scaleless. But I think for a snake, smooth is good anyway. Their scales are kind of designed to be very smooth. Yeah. So they don't seem to have too much of an issue. I'm interested to see if those retics prove out what that would be. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, you shouldn't do it. And if they'll be scaleless, they'll have problems because I saw a ball python once that had an issue. But. Maybe they're like the corn snakes. You really shouldn't do anything, according to uh, people. other people. Yeah. 
You yeah. really should do nothing. Well, there are some things that other people think I should do that I'm pretty sure I shouldn't. Like cry once in a while? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's for lesser people with mm. soft hearts of pliable flesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. Not my strong, manly Pitt- heart of stone. Pittsburgh steel. Yeah, exactly. Made of stainless alloy. It's a cool snake, man. This reminds me of holding my snakes when I was a kid. Just this is what I would do. I would let them curl all up on your fingers. Run through their fingers. Yeah, they'd run through the fingers and I'd I manipulate my fingers in a way that they have to go around that side of my finger. Tie themselves in the a other knot. side. Just no, just make a figure eight. Not tie them in a knot. Where they just, you see this figure eight that's happening yeah. here? Just uh-huh. yeah, just go in an endless figure eight around my fingers until they decide, all that's, right. That's an interesting observation because I know that I've done that too. I just don't ever know that I noticed that I did that. Yeah, it's, uh, it takes me back to being like six years old. So the other highlight of my weekend was piling a whole bunch of people on my Harley and taking weird pictures. Like we had uh, Joel from State 48 up on, sitting up on the handlebars, you know what I mean, like your kid's sister. And I had uh, Adam was on there and me and we're, you know, we're just piling everybody on and I was kind of like spooning and grabbing everyone from the back as I slid off the tail light. So that was, that, that was a highlight. I guess my anti-highlight was that I didn't get to do any of that type of stuff. Or not that I didn't get to, but my time management was so bad that I didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, record number of interviews at the table, but uh, also record amount of time, least amount of time spent outside off. doing <laughs> other things other than quote-unquote working. Well, big part of it was that I was almost sold out even coming to the show like with retic season most of my stuff sells as it hatches and my last clutch was in june so i know this coming to october and originally i was going to only attend in october and then i'd vend in march but um you know they really encourage you if you want to save your table spot to be consistent which makes sense and that's actually a part of why my booth is so big and elaborate so it's a cool place to come and learn and hang out i got the tvs playing with the educational youtube comments and you know just like get to meet people face to face where they don't get to well i got to do lots of that like i mean luckily freedom bridger booth is like the biggest space of the entire show it's like we take up the whole middle section of the middle of the show yeah and you just kind of set up your own table right there right Mm -hmm. yeah so everybody there's plenty of space for people to hang out but as far as me going outside of the booth and like going out and checking out other people's spots i basically got to do none of that yeah yeah well yeah so like i was like sitting on your motorcycle that's what's making me really think about it i didn't i didn't get to take a picture on your motorcycle that's true you didn't no it's out in the driveway oh there we go inside of a shed Uh well (laughs) i think we have trailer i mean Oh, no, none of my stuff's in the trailer. No, sorry. I'll, we can still open it up. I'll go sit on it and take a picture. <laughs> but, yeah, it was kind of nice. I had like a dozen animals that sold on Friday. You know, again, the VIP is where you see all those animals because everyone that came in Saturday morning, I mean, the stuff they may have wanted to buy was already sold out, at least at my booth. But that takes all the pressure off, so I just got to goof around all weekend, you know, and, and still be there. But I was, I was able to actually be there with my customers because I'm not trying to do business necessarily just having fun with them educating them meeting people i met so many people got to put a face to a name which was really great and that's always entertaining for me too my dad's a cartoonist and one thing he would always do whenever we we're sitting in a public place he's like look around everyone's a cartoon 
and you know, like people's funny, you know, mannerisms or facial features or whatever it is, and you imagine them all as cartoons. And so I don't know. I think we have preconceived notions of who people are when we interact with them over the phone, over the internet, whatever. Then when you meet sure. them first face to face, it's cool to see reality versus yeah, totally. That's yeah. that's one of my favorite things about the show. That is maybe possibly my the favorite thing for me about shows is getting to actually meet and be face to face with these people that I have interacted with online, even if they have a full like full clear profile picture of their face. Like it does in person, it's not even it's not the same. Like the height is a difference. Like oh wait, I'm looking yeah, up at height, you. I didn't think that was gonna happen. Like, oh, wow, you're really tall. I feel quite insignificant in front of you. I I now feel somehow inadequate to teach you. Anything. And then I think, wait, I'm teaching about super dwarves. I'm perfect for this. <laughs> <laughs> According to the bathroom sign, anyway. Mm, bathroom. Yeah. So no, it was a it was a really good show. I also sold out of T-shirts. I have some kid sizes and some size small, but I mean, I I think I sold like a hundred shirts. I did a horrible job with T-shirts. I left my T-shirts because you know Dave Kaufman had that booth over there for for YouTubers, and he wanted me to put some T-shirts in a stand over there, which I did. And then a lot of people were like, "Are you ever going to beat your booth?" And I was like. I was I was never over there at all. Yeah, the entire I told people to just go and take shirts off the table, and uh, I don't know how that went down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Next time I'm going to make a point of spending a day at that side as well because I think Dave's going to do that again. And let's let's get so so we did a podcast right around the time of Pomona. Yes, Sunday night after Pomona. Yes. Now we're podcasting Sunday night after Tinley. Yes. Both shows, giant shows, one Midwest, one West Coast. A lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very different shows. And, and you have that reptile culture, but it also bleeds into the local thing going on. Which one do you like better? Mm. Now, I don't mean logistically, because obviously, like, traveling and all that stuff is, is different. Like, if you're in Pomona, you can crash at your in-laws even if you want and ride around and stuff. But... I just mean the show itself. Everything from the setup to teardown to auction to the show days, the crowds coming through, vending or not vending, what's your favorite show overall? There was a moment halfway through the first time I went to Tinley when I decided that I was going to go back every single year. I made that decision halfway through the show. Is that when I kissed you and you cried? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the end of the show when that happened. Yeah, but the point remains. That's when I. I that's when I. That's when, I kissed you and you cried. That's when I reconsidered. It was you, you got you got the timeline. You got the you got the timeline mixed up there, Hartle. You I cried and then you kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you looked like you needed it. Yeah, I I I guess Ashley didn't know what to think. She was standing right there. Um, uh, I think she thought I was weird. Yeah, she thought you were weird. She probably thought I was weird too. Like, why is this guy crying right now? <laughs> For the record, Ashley, I think you're weird when you kiss me because <laughs> I mean, obviously, gross. <laughs> who would want to do that? You see the things this guy puts in his mouth? Oh man. <laughs> no, so so that and that still holds true. Like I have the same feeling. Like whatever it was that made me feel like okay, I need made that decision at that time where I need to come back to this show every year and make it a point to do so. Um, Tinley is my favorite show, I, and I have hesitant saying that because I really love Rami. I love the show he puts on, and I think he does a great job. And 
I don't know why part of me feels like saying that takes away from his show in some way, even though I don't mean it to. Um, it, I think it just a lot of it has to do with what that the fact that it's in the Midwest. Uh, maybe maybe it's the people that are there. Maybe it's the way that people who live ten minutes from the show will still come and get a hotel room and stay the whole weekend. <laughs> they, they, they could easily go home for the night. Right. It's like everybody's there to hang. It's fa- it feels like family. It feels like family. Yeah. Like a strong, loving, weird, dysfunctional. This is what we talked about at penis carp- throwing carpet fest though. <laughs> This is like Carpet Fest even felt like family, so. Right. I think we're just getting too entwined. Is that what's happening? Maybe we need a vacation. All right, it's vacation time. When are we going to do that? Which vacation are you talking about? The one where we uh, take a vacation. Oh, to Indonesia? Oh, is that that considered a vacation? I don't know. It's definitely not vacation for me, but it is going to be epic. Yeah, it's going to be epic. That's what I mean. Like, when is vacation? I don't remember the last time I had a vacation. Yeah, how do you take a vacation? You're asking the wrong guy. Well, to be fair, I, I... Do you mean, like, in my head, if I imagined myself vacationing, what would it be like? Like, I guess if you just went to some random place with the family and stayed a night in a hotel Mountains or, or beaches. Mountains or beach, yeah, sure. That's me. Mountains yeah. or beach. Pretty easy. That's like, vacation. Yeah, like, just, just fart around for no... Big house Airbnb in Tahoe or Big Bear or, I don't know, anywhere. So... Yeah, or or go down to the beach. I love Central California beaches, like around Hearst Castle, that kind of area. Let's do a family vacation. I I would love to do a family vacation. I mean, this record, is the spot of the we show. Can record the pod, cod pass. the pod, the pod, the pod, the Yes, we need a location sponsor for the Cusco slash Hartle family vacation. Shameless self promoters asking for everybody's money. If you have money and like to give us a vacation because I don't know why, same reason why my wife likes to kiss me, I guess, then get a hold of me or Brian and let us know. I will tell you, I kind of feel like I need a vacation after this summer. Holy crap. I've been gone almost every weekend doing something reptile related. I don't even know how that's possible. It's magic. Well, and then you get in on Monday and everyone's like, I haven't heard from you in so long. I messaged you yesterday. <laughs> Please hurry up and respond to me to tell me you won't have any snakes hatching till after the new year anyway. <laughs> I need to get back to my band and let them know whether or not I can play the shows that are coming up in the next uh, next month. Yeah. By the way, you need to do... Did you ever see that video? Yes, you did. Did you ever see that video? My, my memory's shot. The one that's like the side of Garrett you've never seen... Yeah, when you got when the thumbnail is you with your back to the camera, but with your shirt on backwards, so you can still yes, see the logo. Exactly. Shameless self promotion. Exactly. And then you were in that video, like in the opening scene, and filmed it. But basically, is that the one where I played your opening riff on the yes, guitar? Yeah. And then Ashley interviewed me. She did like a talk em up Tuesday, like we do, but of me. I think you should do a video of your band. You know, interviewing your band about you. The side of Cusco we've never seen. Hmm. And ask all of your band buddies. I mean, I assume because I have this, some reason, imagination of your band that you guys all 
play hilarious pranks on each other and drive around in a big uh, charter bus to different locations. And I mean, I definitely played in a band like that do at a one bunch point. Of, do a bunch of wild things and tell funny stories. And I mean, we do travel moderately. Like we've, The furthest this band that I play in now has traveled is down to Santa Barbara, which is about an hour and 15 minutes away. Okay, I did, I did adjust, play in a band. Let when, me adjust this. Let me adjust this. I imagine you and your band driving around in the Scooby-Doo van, sleeping on people's couches, doing hilarious things and having adventures. I did that for a long time. With a band. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, I want to hear about it. So okay. do an episode. Okay. You got it. Whatever you, your wish is my command when it comes to the videos I put on my channel. Yeah. <laughs> they you. usually end up being pretty good. Well, what can I say? Thank you. Okay. You can say you're welcome because I'm saying thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Which is also from that episode. So, Garrett, you've never seen. <sighs> uh, I, I wish I had, no, I don't wish anything actually at this point. I'm just going to take another sip of this right here, substance, abuse. <laughs> abuse. Ah, there's been a lot of it. Speaking of substance abuse, did you hear about what happened to me last night? Because I had to hear about it from somebody else. Yeah, I've had to hear about it from like five people at this point in the last two hours. And, and we still can't get a whole story out of it. Yeah, and so I don't even I'm not even going to attempt to think that we're going to try and do it here now since five people couldn't get me the straight story that okay. were there. We won't. We not, let's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to well, you. I'll I, just tell you the punchline. I woke up in my room going, "How did I get here? And why am I sleeping in my pants?" <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I don't know what happened to you. I I the part that's fuzzy is what happened between the auction and that moment of waking up. Yeah, it's odd because uh I remember every single moment from the auction until the moment I hit my bed. And I was up way later than you, like six hours later. <laughs> I don't I don't really like party that hard. I know, I know. I know. Yeah, something happened. Something happened. We will forever remain a mystery. All we do know for sure is that you finished a glass of wine that was sitting on an empty Zilla table. <laughs> and potentially that's the only thing you did different than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then it was over. Bye bye. Do you think it had anything to do with the engagement? <laughs> what? She did. She did say yes. Oh my gosh. I guess that's consensual. I guess. Unless one didn't know the other had the wine spiked. Maybe that was like the backup plan. Mm. And I drank it. <laughs> wow, dude. Uh that's getting pretty, uh, what do you want to call it? Like conspiracy theoratorial? Ryan. Theoratorial? Ryan, will you neither confirm nor deny that you put a roofie in a glass of red wine in case the engagement didn't go the way you planned? And it went well, so you left about about plan B. Your highlight of my weekend, which I said that your engagement was my highlight, backfired, and I sucked a roofie down and passed out and... Poor Andrew Acevedo and Kimberly Paws had to pretty much drag me back to my room. And, and even they don't remember how the story went from there on. I kind of wish a Hartle had been there to tell the story because, I mean, the details aren't really that important, but they don't tell it very entertainingly. They're like, I, oh, yeah, you were, like, pretty sick, and then you... And then they keep going, remember when he did that? Remember when he did that? And I'm like, where was that in your story when I asked you what happened to me last night? And I just keep getting little details. Well, it tells you about... Yeah, I don't know, dude. We we partied hard enough that the, the Irishman... Uh, Owen. Was, 
incapacitated for most of the evening following the auction. Yeah. <laughs> Being carried around and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, my, my friend Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Uh, got a little bit inebriated at the auction as well. And then she... Uh, like was like, hey, can I get a picture with you? So we, I like, you know, her husband was actually taking a picture of me, and she just kind of like put her head down and almost passed out on my shoulder for a minute. But in the picture, it looked like she was gonna kiss me, and I, you know, I guess she had a little too much and couldn't remember the night before. And they came over to me in the morning, and they're like, just so you know, you'll never see Alyssa again. She's mortified. Um, we showed her that picture and told her that she was you know, kissed you at the auction last night and she's super embarrassed now. That's so. interesting to me. It's an interesting concept. Like when people get like, feel like they're too embarrassed. They don't want to see you anymore. Like, Oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm not, and especially when they say things like that to me, cause I feel like I, I do the most embarrassing stuff publicly for yeah. myself. And well, like, it also like, makes you want to go back and push the envelope a little bit. Doesn't it? What makes me want to do that? Well, like if someone's like, oh, they're too embarrassed to see you, I'm like, they're going to see me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it definitely does that. It has that effect. Definitely. I actually texted her a picture with like kissy lips. Like, <laughs> 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 like immediately. It's uh, funny. Yeah. It's funny. It was a good weekend, man. The, it was a really, really great weekend. I'm. I'm curious to see what happens when I get home. Did I talk about this? If I'm starting to repeat the story, then is that what's happening right now? No, you said you want to see how much you sleep. Did I say that already? Into this microphone? Into the microphone and before. So apparently it's pretty important to you to Mm. tell us you're wondering how much you will sleep. No, now I'm wondering if I I should continue to talk because if I'm forgetting already within the hour what I've said within the hour... You should have been a Garrett. <laughs> We're going to get roll, roll, roll down the hill and never-ending spiral circle yeah. of endless. Well, I can tell you exactly what I'm going to do when I go home. I'm going to try to sleep. My kids will jump on me. I'll get up, have a big poo, take a shower, feel better, go down and answer. Let me see how many texts I have right now. Oh, hold on. Sorry. This is the phone thing. I have 47 texts. How many times are you going to pick up your damn phone in this? It- are you kidding me? This is the 21st century. I should have never put it down. I'm just that conservative. Right. I've been surrounded by people texting me on their phone going, uh-huh, uh-huh, all weekend. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. I forgot my laptop to come to this weekend. At home. Yes, and that's important to me because I have two giant televisions that are like the centerpiece of my display, yeah, which pay you, my YouTube channel. But channels. you still had stuff playing on them. Well, Kimberly, who is notorious for being on her phone, it's actually why I hired her to help, like, you know, take pictures and do stuff for me for the Instagram and all that, gave up her phone because she has unlimited data, turned on my YouTube channel, hit play all, and just let it roll and stream all day today. Thank you, Kimberly. And so it was amazing. I got to know her in so many new ways that I've never got to know before because she didn't have her phone all day. What would happen if everybody in the world like had no cell phone for a week? Could you imagine? Like I think it would be. Of like, course, I can imagine. I was lived during those times when none know, of us had cell was, phones for months, years. But that was different. It's different when you have something and you go off of sure. it. Sure. Okay. Touche. So I would be very interested. And then you think about people like. That have, you know, in this day and age, there are young adults who grew up with cell phones, got their first cell phone when they're eight and have grown up and they're now legal adults and they've never known anything else. 
It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how far it gets. Like one, I guess, worry of mine would be, I don't have many worries, that's for damn sure, but is that we get so far removed from how to do things ourselves, relying on technology. Like if we get to a point where there are so many things that we don't need to, yeah, sure. That there's so many things that we forget how to do and, and we lose all the technology and we can't even survive without it any longer. That would be a reason to pour another glass. <laughs> Just in case that actually happens, uh, we're going to need to drink a lot. <laughs> uh, no, I, I really hope that uh, we as a species don't get too far removed from nature any more than we have. I mean, I know some of us are going to, um, but I hope there are still going to always remain those of us that will go back and get regrounded with the earth and nature and remember, keep pass on the... Uh, Tradition of learning how to survive or knowing how to exist and survive in nature without technology. Mm. Because the potential for that to be removed at some point is probably inevitable. And if we get too reliant on it, we're going to get to a point when... You kind of sound like the NRA. The NRA? <laughs> <laughs> what if that's their, if that's their, uh, their message, then I'm all, I'm all for it. <laughs> Oh, well, you know what? Since we know what's going to happen in the next podcast, I think we can go ahead and say, uh, coming next time, guys, to Searchable as Reptiles, I predict that we will be sitting in my reptile room with Brian Gundy making squeaky chair noises in the background, quietly smiling and listening, enjoying every moment of participating in what goes on as Searchable as Reptiles is recorded. And we will rip into Tim Walton, one of the nicest guys that there are, but keeps trying to make me honest, and it's driving me crazy. Also rip into our drink sponsor, possibly harder than uh, Tim got ripped. Oh, definitely harder than our Jason Bigler. We love you, but we do not love that drink. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Are you trying to end the podcast? Is that what's happening right now? Yeah, I kind of did. Okay, well, your timing's good. You yeah. pour me a huge glass of whiskey and say, okay, let's end the podcast. That's what just happened. Drink, 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 <laughs> drink, drink. You want your, uh, you want your little penis snake back? You know it. Mm-hmm.